Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everyone? We finally had a quiet week in the NFL for the most part. No blockbuster trades, no massive free agent signings. So I think uh, we're going to get into it a little bit, and then we're going to start drafting a super flex team on underdog. So let's do it. <laughs> Oh, man, like I was saying, we finally have a week to kind of like just take a step back, look at everything that's happened over the course of the last two weeks between the Tyreek Hill trade, the Devontae Adams trade, Aaron Rodgers resigning, Russell Wilson going to Denver. I mean, Deshaun Watson, of all things, it is just an absolute crazy, crazy offseason that can still get crazier. We haven't even had the draft yet, right? So we still have to worry about what trades are going to happen with the draft. There's still some rumors out there about like DK Metcalf getting traded. The Chiefs are supposedly looking for a star wide receiver, but didn't they just get rid of a star wide receiver? Uh, So, yeah, let's get into a little bit of that. And in about five minutes or so, let's jump into a underdog super flex draft as well. I'm going to be riding solo today, some conflict of interest with some of the guests that I had lined up. So no big deal, though. We can do a draft, right? We could draft. Uh, so let's talk about the Chiefs real quick. And let's talk about now that it's settled a little bit and they've signed Ronald Jones as well. What are you guys feeling about the Ronald Jones signing? Do you think this is good for Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Do you think it's not so good? I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We knew that some competition was going to come in. We know that 
One previous coach didn't like Ronald Jones. Who knows what's going to happen while he's on the Chiefs. And I think that they still, with that first-round pick, are going to want to try to get him up and going. Now, I think the problem for him becomes if he can't get off to a quick start this year, then they're going to let Ronald Jones just get into it. They don't have the luxury in that division of being able to sit back and let a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire try to figure it out again. So I think they will try to give him all the chances and opportunities he can early. But if not, then they're going to be moving to Ronald Jones. So he's obviously still risky, but he was risky before the Ronald Jones signing. Again, we knew exactly what we were dealing with here. Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, I mean, Mahomes, I think, is going to be fine. I think Kelsey's going to be fine. I think this is probably the last year that we're drafting Kelsey, though, if we're going to be honest, 32 years old. They're going to be looking to make him the focal point this year, and they're already showing you that they're trying to overhaul what they have around Patrick Mahomes. Uh, th there's nothing else to be said about it after that Tyreek Hill trade. They are trying to get younger. They are going to try to set Mahomes up with an offense to win for the next five or six years with these moves that they're making. Uh, so I don't really know, unless it's a young wide receiver like DK Metcalf, if, if age is their whole thing, like maybe they can bring him in. But is Seattle going to trade him? I mean, what do you really get for DK Metcalf right now, knowing that he has to sign a long-term extension? Uh, so that's just kind of the way I'm looking at the Chiefs right now. I'm still going to be drafting Mahomes, Kelsey. You can still stack those guys. It's expensive. But uh, why don't we jump into a draft? And uh, let's just kind of see the way that this stuff is shaking out for everybody. So sorry, guys, it's taking me a longer second than normal. There we go. And I need to move this over here. And while I'm doing all of this, I think you guys should take a moment, like, subscribe to the Spike Week channel. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, if you're listening to us on iTunes, that would be phenomenal. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to the channel and uh, we will get into this draft. So if you want to draft with me and probably some of the other guys from our Discord, which, by the way, we say it every show, but it can't be understated that the Discord for Spike Week is one of the best places to get any type of strategy talk you're looking for, takes on stuff. It, it's just phenomenal. We all learn a lot from each other. I've learned a lot about other sports just by being in that discord, right? Like they just like Shane, Shane Newman's in the chat. He is phenomenal with baseball. We still have great football guys. We've, I've learned a lot about basketball in there as well. And stuff as simple as structure for hockey is what I've learned in this discord. And I fired a few hockey drafts after me and, Bime for is debacle of trying to draft four teams at once or four different sports. And I don't think we did too bad. Uh, if you guys want to rate our teams, go back and watch that show. We are waiting on three people right now to get this draft filled and we will do a super flex draft. My other question is, what are you guys thinking about super flex drafts? Do you like them better than the normal ones? Is there a reason you do? If you do, why do you like them better? If you don't, 
is it just like for me i struggle with with things that are different because i'm old and i hate it <laughs> so so i haven't been doing a lot of super flex before this and now that i'm doing the super flex i'm starting to get used to it a little more uh oh my god buying four is in this draft what is he doing not an influencer though gets the 10th overall pick so Silas Jackson says he enjoys them at first, but he's losing interest due to the ADP shifts. Yeah, I I just I think I'm having more trouble with super flexes, figuring out the strategy I like, which is probably a good thing. Like it keeps you on your toes a little bit and maybe it'll help me with some other some other types of drafts in the future. But I haven't really been able to find a way to build a team that I like. And the thing that I've ended up liking the most is pushing quarterback, especially the second one. <laughs> Buying for says wife won't like that. I'm multitasking this draft. Hey, I mean, that's what happens. Silas, you gotta, you gotta not have your last name on your YouTube name. Like that's the whole thing. Like if your name's there, I'm just going to read it. I read the teleprompter. That's what I do. This is Anchorman. All right. All right. So this draft has started. And Numi says that he has yet to do one super flex draft. Well, that's probably smart. They're not easy. It gets really, I, I just really don't know what to do, especially early in the draft like this. So we're drafting from the four spot. I'm grabbing a quarterback, like not grabbing one of the top four quarterbacks is probably bad. So we're going to pro, oh, I mean, I'm hoping we get Lamar Jackson out of the four. The The 104 might be the best spot in the draft. You just get Lamar and not even think about it if he falls to you. But it's the second quarterback. Like, I feel like I'm leaving too much value on the table with some of these skill position players, even if I'm drafting at the end of the first round. Like, I went Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase the other day, and I felt great about it. I forget. I think I went, I don't remember exactly. I had a half decent quarterback for my first one. And then I went once for my second. So I was light at, I was light at quarterback overall, but like, if those are my two starters and then I get a guy like you guys know, I love Tyler Huntley. Like I'm going to grab him almost every draft as long as he doesn't get pushed up like crazy. Even if I have Lamar Jackson, get guys like that. I, I love to go with that strategy, but like, if you can get crazy, like I think I saw somebody get, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry the other day. Maybe that was me. might've been me, but they, you're getting so much value for skill position that I'm just going to try to win from the skill position players, depending on where I'm drafting in these things. So we start Lamar Jackson. We see the normal, the normal uh, draft go off as Allen Mahomes, Herbert Jackson, 90, 80 to 90% of your drafts are going to, are going to go that way. Shane brings up the point that if they had a $5 super flex, he'd be all about it. Something about the $5 entry fee. I, I think that was a mistake here as well. I don't know why they came out guns blazing with the $10 super flex. I understood the $10 big board, but when you're introducing a product like super flex, where a lot of diehards always talk about super flex and they love it, but I don't think it's as prevalent as some people might think especially in our community where we're talking about this 365 days a year. So you at least know about it. Even if you don't play Superflex, you know about it. But think of the casual the casual fan. Like if I don't know about something, 
I'm not going to jump into it. Right. So if it costs too much, so like the $5 price point, that's why the puppy was so successful last year. Think of how many new people we introduced the best ball over the course of last year. Now I, I had played a little, little bit of best ball the year before, but my main first year was last year. And I was firing, you know, the higher stuff, like the $20 on DK and, and best ball mania. But if I was very uncomfortable, that $5 entry on the puppy would have been beautiful. It's like, okay, I can at least get my sea legs with this $5. And if I draft 10 teams, it's only 50 bucks. And, you know, that's a lot of money to some people. So $5 is a, is a phenomenal price point. So I definitely agree with this point of maybe they should have went to the $5 entry fee on it. The problem, not the problem. The great thing is this is going to sell out still. So they know that they're going to sell at this price point. But I do agree. I think that some sometimes when you're starting something new like this, you should be doing more of an entry level price point just to get people used to it. Let them feel comfortable and see how they like it. And it it just helps your users. It helps your users transition to a higher price point when they're more comfortable. So let's take a look. We are coming back on the clock. And this is my point. We drafted in the fourth spot and guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson are still on the board. Uh, Devontae Adams. I don't know how I feel about Devontae Adams in the second on this. He'd probably be a third rounder for me. But if we can get one of these wide receivers, how do we not start that way? I mean, I don't want to take any of these quarterbacks in the second round. I don't want to take Deshaun Watson, not knowing how many games he's going to be suspended in the second why would I want to take Derek Carr in the second round? I like Derek Carr enough to be a quarterback, but dude, we are pushing these guys up so high. Uh, so Watson goes off the board. We're going to get Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, and we're pairing him with Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's it's just truly unbelievable what you can get in these in these drafts. Oh my god! And we're just going to get Jamar Chase. So we're going to grab Jamar Chase, have <laughs> have Lamar Jackson to start our team. I mean, like how do we take a quarterback here? How do you ever? So I'm just going to go ahead and hit the draft button on Jamar chase and we'll be coming back around and we're still going to have a chance at some of these really sought after guys. Where are you guys on Javante Williams with the news that they still want to bring back Melvin Gordon? They want to run a committee. Uh, Shane asked me, I know you mentioned like you like the four spot, what's your favorite draft spot in these? I think with, before I wanted, I wanted the one just cause I wanted Josh Allen. But I think after the Tyreek trade where Mahomes should probably drop, we talked about this last week. He shouldn't be the number two, but he's still going to get that number two pick getting that four spot. And if I get Lamar, I mean, even if I get Herbert, so like, even if you flip flop them, if I can get Herbert at Herbert at four, and then I'm still going to get a guy like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson on that comeback, then I love the four spot because the fifth is where it kind of gets a little murky after those top four quarterbacks go. So even if Mahomes dropped me, dropped to me at four, it's like, okay, I get him in the four spot and then I'm going to be getting Chase Jefferson one of the stud running backs and and it's a little tougher the little 
a little earlier in the draft if you're drafting from the one or the two. It kind of hits like that imaginary dividing line on some of these guys once you get that far back. Not always because people are overdrafting quarterbacks, so you can still do it sometimes. But I think especially in the super flex, you want to be drafting towards the front of the draft. And we're going to be on the clock soon. So we have Tyreek. We have Stefan Diggs still on board. I think Joe Mixon is a guy. I'm not going to take him right now, but I think he's a guy we're undervaluing here a lot in drafts in general. We've seen not many people are talking about him. I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take Diggs. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to take Diggs. We're just going to have Chase Diggs, Lamar Jackson to start us off. Uh, I don't really want to go with the Mark Andrews stack. I think I still think that the third round is too early for Mark Andrews. So I won't be having a ton of Mark Andrews this year. And now I forgot what I was talking about before because I'm old. And if you hadn't seen my tweet earlier this week, I don't want to see any ageism in here because I can't remember what I was talking about 14 seconds ago. Um, Let's resume where you'd like to draft from. I also, I haven't hated drafting from the end of the draft. You really get weak at quarterback because people are just pounding these quarterbacks, but it gives you the advantage of taking, like I said earlier, just two absolute studs or four. You can get up upwards of four studs in these RB and wide receiver spots and even sprinkle in a tight end if you want and just absolutely crush that way and hope that you can round out a quarterback or two. It's it's really risky, though, because some the way some of these drafts are going with these quarterbacks, people – I think we're noticing that people are overvaluing. And I think when people really run the data, especially on a draft like this, like early, early super flex, we're going to see some like crazy stats come out about people just overvaluing the quarterback spot. So let's just uh, take a look at our buddy, Eric Bime for his team who went Russell Wilson and he drafted a backup quarterback in Trey Lance. So that's an interesting choice in the second round. He's drafting a backup quarterback to Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round, and then he took A.J. Brown in the third. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. These people are drafting backup quarterbacks in the second round, and, you know, you can just smash because of that. Uh, Another guy I've been getting a lot lately is Tua. You see him on the board. He's starting to creep up a little more. But you were still able to get him in like the fourth, fifth round, like early fifth round a lot. And I don't even have to stack him with Waddle or Gusecki. I was grabbing, I mean, with Waddle or Hill, I was grabbing him with Gusecki a lot. And I've been grabbing him with uh, Cedric Wilson as well, just because it's so cost efficient based on the way the others, these other quarterbacks are going. He's going to be a lot more fun when we get to regular drafts again. I really want to see where the people are going to be taking Tua. I'm not the biggest Tua fan, but that offense should be pretty efficient based on hopefully the system that they're bringing over, getting the talent around them. And if you're getting, if you're going to put that talent around them, I say it every year, these guys will draft all these studs on offense and then they'll be like, but I'm not taking the quarterback. And it's like, all right, so you're saying the quarterback's going to fail, 
but the talent around them is just going to what? So you're drafting wind sprinters. What are we doing? So if you believe in the talent, you have to believe the quarterback can at least be efficient enough. And I'm not saying that I'm going to go into it with like a naked Tua team and just only have Tua on my on my roster. But having Tua as a second quarterback, if you're getting him in like the 12th or 13th round, is probably super excellent. Uh, so I think what I'm going to do here. Hmm. Do we want to take the second QB or do we want to push it? Let's take Waller. Let's grab Waller. We have no running backs yet, but I think we've uh, missed the boat on what I want to do with running backs for now. We'll see how these this turn pick goes. We might grab one at the turn. There's a couple guys in this range that I wouldn't hate having, but I think I want to grab another quarterback if possible. All depends on who's there. But any of the names that are on the board right now, I would not hate taking. I, I don't. I think Matt Ryan is going to be really good for Indianapolis. The guy. I have I have a thing about always being on the wrong side of Matt Ryan. So whatever I say about Matt Ryan, if I say in DFS he's the play that week, stay far away. If I say I'm fading him, just load up on him because for some reason I am just always on the wrong end of the seesaw with Matt Ryan. But Putting him on an indie team with Michael Pittman, it has a running game. He's going to work that tight end, the tight ends between Mo Alley Cox and Kyle Granson. I just think that it's it's a perfect match for a guy like Matt Ryan in the dome. Guy guy has an arm still. All right, so we are going to be coming back around. I'm going to take either of these two quarterbacks if they're still there. Uh, if they're not, then we're pushing. But I'll take Lawrence. I haven't taken a lot of Lawrence. I've been taking skill positions around the fifth round usually. So just to get a little interesting, maybe I'll take Lawrence, which I won't because he's gone, because Boston fan took him. So I'm either taking Zach Wilson or we're going to be looking at some skill position players. Uh, let's see. New Numi said he did 53 big boards and have two on wall as my highest exposures and fell into fourth. Tyreek stacks with him. Yeah, man. I was looking at a team that I drafted the other day where I finally, so let's just take Zach Wilson, where I finally did a Kansas City onslaught in one of these, in one of these super flex where I went, I took Mahomes, I got Tyreek, I got Kelsey, I ended up taking another one of the Kansas city guys. I can't remember if it was CAH or McCole Hardman or something like that. Just, I wanted to onslaught Kansas city and I didn't onslaught Kansas city, but surprise, I have the Tua Hill stack on that team now. So I went from having Hill stacked with Mahomes to having them stacked with Tua. So now I have double stacks of Miami. Cause I must've had Gesicki on that team. Maybe I had Waddle. Who knows? I don't think I had Waddle. Uh, doesn't really make sense draft position wise, but I must have had Gesicki to uh, Hill, and then I get Kelsey Hardman, Mahomes, and it was before the trade. And it's going to be funny to see how that team does, because you know you just you just fall into these stacks. That's the the great thing about drafting this early is you're just falling into these freaking stacks that you just never would have thought like. Cam Newton's going to end up on a team and he's probably going to play and it's going to be disgusting. 
But if he's on, oh my God, who could he even play for? You might be getting another DJ Moore, Cam Newton stack, which I know you guys all love to hear. The guy that can't throw the ball 15 yards and DJ Moore just signed this massive extension. What's going on in Carolina? How have they not figured out? I mean, are they just going to go and hope that they get like a Malik Willis in the draft? I don't, I don't know what that team's doing. This Baker Mayfield situation's crazy. And our cover boy today, Jimmy Garoppolo, like I've, I joked about buying for taking Lance in the second round, but really what is that situation? How does that situation shake out? How do you have Jimmy on this roster still? What are you telling Trey Lance at this moment? Like you saw, you can't say that people weren't looking for quarterbacks. They, every quarterback in the league changed teams. It felt like, so you're saying you couldn't find a trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo. I know you're not going to get a lot for him, but we all knew that the team's trading form knew that. Are they are they jockeying to just get something before they release them? Is that the play here? Like, where's your dignity at <laughs> at some point? Like, are you going to trade them for a seventh round pick or just freaking release them? I mean, it just it's baffling that he's still on that roster, and if he is on that roster opening day, the Trey Lance truthers have a lot of problems because. I think that just is – it shows you, A, specifically where the coaching staff thinks Trey Lance is at and they don't think he's ready. If Jimmy's still on this team, Trey Lance isn't ready. Or they're so scared of what he's going to do that they're going to have a guy that they're at least like, well, we'll just do this Jimmy Garoppolo thing again where he doesn't do anything exciting, he runs our offense, and somehow he wins us games by three points and gets us to the playoffs. And that's what I think they're – that's where it looks like it's starting to head, especially with them saying stuff like there's a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is on this team, and it's like, what's the scenario? Like, why would you ever? Why would you ever have him? Like, it's – you're inviting controversy, and teams – if there's one thing teams hate, it's not criminals. It's they hate controversy on the team – for positions like they never like the positional battle thing it's just something that they can't stand the quarterback specifically all right so we're gonna be coming back on the clock we still don't have any running backs but we're gonna probably be fine with that uh, speaking of dj moore looks like a guy that we'll be grabbing if he's still on the board here um yeah Big Dog is obviously taking his full 30 seconds. We get the opposite this time. We had a guy last week that was killing us by drafting on the back-to-backs immediately where it was giving us no time, and now I got a guy taking the full 30 seconds. He takes Trubisky. We're just going to take DJ Moore. I think it's pretty much a lock there, and we will be looking to see what we're going to do on this turnaround, though. Um, oh, that's pretty simple. Our turn pick is going to be rather simple if he's there. So seeing that Silas is saying that T-Law is a value right now. I mean, is a value in what? Is he a value in Superflex? Because I think that you can argue that 90% of the quarterbacks are slightly overvalued. Or do you think he's going to be a value in regular drafts? That I might agree with you. Like he might be the Tua, the, the same thing as Tua with more upside. 
where he's going 14th, 13th round, you're getting Trevor Lawrence and they've put a team around him that they think that is going to have to compete. Like they need to find out if Lawrence is their guy or not. So that's why you overpay Christian Kirk. That's why you keep Marvin Jones. That's why you bring Evan Ingram in on a one-year deal. You get this guy as many weapons as you possibly can. And we cannot get Elijah Moore. He did go. That's where we were going to go with this. So I'm going to take my favorite guy, and we're just going to absolutely smash this wide receiver position, and I'm going to grab Devonta Smith. I, I like Chris Godwin a lot. He's coming off that injury. Cortland Sutton, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of the wide receivers in Denver, specifically Sutton for where he's falling. But I still think Devonta Smith is the biggest value in these back ends. Seventh round, Devonta Smith, probably going to be the number one target on the team. I know he's going to be fighting Dallas Goddard for that. I know they're a run-heavy team, but the guy we saw in his rookie year is explosive. So his second year, he could break out for you know 1,300, 1,400 yards easily. He broke a thousand last year. Uh, so Silas is saying that he thinks in both that he's a value. I, I just, I guess by the way that the super flexes are going, he's a value in that respect. But I just think people are just crazy about the way they're drafting quarterbacks. I get you can start too. I get it's, it's probably great to have two quarterbacks that can score you 20 points consistently. But if I can get some of these guys that can have just as much upside and I'm just rotating 10, I guess 10 wide receivers starting to is a little silly, but we can start four wide receivers on this team. Still, you can still start two in the wide receiver spot, two in the regular one in the regular flex, one in the super flex. And you can just pound people with just like this great wide receiver roster, which is kind of something we're building right now. Uh, you guys want to take a look at buying for team after he drafts his next player? We can do that, and we'll take a look at ours right now. We got Lamar, we got Zach Wilson for quarterbacks, we got Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, Devonta Smith, Darren Waller. Are we ever going to be able to grab a team like that in a regular? And I understand the differences, but with a wide receiver core like that, like Devonta Smith is my fourth wide receiver along with having Lamar, along with having Darren Waller. So I, I just think that you can load these teams up with just such value, like, like just such studs at these positions. And uh looks like Eric's kind of doing arching. He took Carson once. So he gets a th- he gets a third quarterback since he has the back of quarterback and Trey Lance. He's got Wilson, Lance, Wentz, and then he's just – pounding wide receiver he's got brown t higgins mike williams jerry judy terry mclaurin and i mean it's just what i'm trying to talk about with this is like even if you take that that quarterback approach you can still just get these absolute studs at wide receiver and i just i don't know man like he he didn't even have to get crazy at the at the quarterback spot to get those studs he had He's got Wilson, who I think is going to be a stud this year. He's got Lance, who I'm not drafting. I just, I'll be the guy. I'll be the guy on the island not drafting Trey Lance this year. He's got the tools. I don't think the team believes in him, and if especially the coaching staff. Until I see otherwise, why am I going to draft Trey Lance that early? Because of what he could be? Well, that's what he could be last year, and we saw what the team did with him. Now he's got the year under his belt is what people are going to say. 
But until they show me that they are willing to commit to him, I don't want any piece of them. So I know this is when you're supposed to be getting him at, oh, well, that's when you get him at the value. But I think he had to get him in the second round. So you're not getting him at a value. He's going to be going at that cost if they release Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, let's take a look at what we got here. I like Singletary here. So we're going to draft Singletary. We're going to draft our first running back in the eighth round. I'm not taking Dylan. We've talked about the Packers situation to death. I just, I think that the Devonte Adams trade for anyone on, if it doesn't hurt Rogers the most, Dylan's going to be the next guy. They, what are they going to do? I just don't know what that team's going to do. I just don't understand. I don't understand how Rogers comes back. And I'm going to say it probably the entire off season. What are the, how are you a Packers fan and happy about what that team's doing? How are you trying to play both sides? How are you like, oh, we can win now, but we need to get rid of Devontae Adams and build for the future. And they've been doing this for like four years now. They did it with the Love and Dylan picks. They didn't need to take Dylan like in the second round. That was silly. We all know Love was the dumbest first round pick ever. What are we doing? They 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 got they got cute. They thought they could do what they did with Rodgers and just transition that spot. And it's just you know, you hit lightning. Lightning's not going to strike twice in the same spot. Uh, so Thielen's an interesting name. I never really know what to do with him because I'm already set at wide receiver. So this is where I start taking shots. So this is where I like to take a guy like Burks, who should be the number one pick in the draft, should be playing soon, playing very early in the year, obviously probably playing in the first week. I don't I don't know if I'm going to have any Adam Thielen on any team at all. Like the only way I could be taking Thielen is if I went with some sort of heavy running back build like that I tried to make Corain do. So if you go heavy running back and your second receivers like Thielen, I guess that makes sense and it still feels gross. I mean, are you guys drafting Thielen? How how are you approaching Adam Thielen? Is anyone even thinking about him? I mean, he's clearly getting drafted in the ninth round, which would probably be like the seventh round. We talk about his touchdown regression every year. Never happens. The guy just produces and scores touchdowns every freaking year. That's what he does. So I understand drafting him. I just, I don't know what I'm going to, because just to my draft style, and Silas once again says if he only if he falls past ADP, but how far past ADP and what's your build? Like that's my that's my thought process is, Usually I already have four or five wide receivers. What does Adam Thielen bring to my roster then? Like, do we think he's got that massive ceiling with Justin Jefferson on the other side? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I can't imagine ever drafting Adam Thielen and be like, oh my God, that is what my team needed. I really think you'd have to start like four RBs. It, it, you'd have to start like four RBs, get a stud quarterback, get a stud tight end. Your first wide receiver was like Devonta Smith. And then your second one, you're like, okay, I guess Thielen makes sense for what I'm trying to do here because I know he's going to be at least sort of consistent for me. But it, it just, other than that, I can't think of a build that I'd be doing anything where I want Adam Thielen. Cause I just look at my, well, look at my wide receivers. Here, I had Chase Diggs more Devonta Smith. What does Adam Thielen bring to that core? 
why wouldn't I want to just take the chance on a guy like Traylon Burks and see if he becomes a true number one? You know, or a guy like Chase Claypool, who I see there like two rounds later. Why wouldn't I just rather have Chase Claypool, who is a spike weak guy, who's going to get on the board for me sometimes and has a new quarterback that can hopefully get on the ball? I don't know. Mitch Trubisky, eh. Eh. not feeling it so much, but, you know, maybe we'll take some shots at Chase Claypool, especially with how late you can get him in the drafts. But I'd rather have Claypool than, than Thielen. I just, I don't know. That ship's starting to turn in Minnesota, and it's it's the Justin Jefferson show. Thielen is still a great number two, but as far as where he's getting drafted, I'd want him a couple rounds past where he normally falls in order to even think about grabbing him. Uh, where do we want to go here? Edmonds in Miami is pretty interesting. I, you know what? I haven't drafted him yet, so let's just take him. Eric brings up the point that Thielen has more spike weeks than Claypool. And I, I'm not going to say that he does. He hasn't in the past, but we saw what Claypool was working with at the position. And again, to your point, maybe Thielen has a better, has a better quarterback situation, which is so sick to say about Kirk cousins, but maybe he still has a better quarterback situation. I just think that they might try to open that offense up a little more with Trubisky and try to get the ball down the field now that they can throw it downfield because Ben was looking rough the last two years. Like, you know, hand in the dirt, just watching a Pittsburgh game. I think we saw it in the game where he threw the ball to Najee 75 times. The dude just couldn't get the ball downfield anymore. Mitch, never been accurate. Never was accurate anytime I ever watched him play with Chicago. However, he had an arm. He could probably get it downfield to Claypool. I don't expect Claypool to come out and be the wide receiver one. I just think that the upside with him is a little more there. They're probably the same guy, to be honest. They're probably right around that same range. So I'd rather take the guy two rounds later than Thielen, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. And if, and if I had to, like, you know, absolutely pick one, Round doesn't matter. I'd probably edge Thielen out a little bit over Claypool. But again, we're looking at where we're getting these guys. You're getting Thielen in the eighth and I can get Claypool in the 11th. Thanks. I'll take it every time. So here's our issue. We're coming up, up again and the best available quarterback right now is Kenny Pickett. And we only have two quarterbacks. So you can get boxed out of quarterback, you know, by the sixth round in these things. All right. So we're going to be coming up on the clock. I don't think we have, I mean, we want better running backs for sure. So this is my point. We still get Claypool here in, in the 11th round. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to grab him. Uh, maybe I should grab Jimmy with the start and, the starting quarterback job in San Francisco. What, how great of a troll job would it be if I took Jimmy Garoppolo in a draft with Eric Bimefor, where he takes Trey Lance in the second round, and I just use Jimmy Garoppolo all year in San Francisco while Trey Lance sits on the bench? 
all right, I'm doing it. If Garoppolo's still there, when when this gets back to me, I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo for the first time, and I think in the history of my entire life, just for the troll equity. How do I not? How do I not troll by him for with Trey Lance? You know how sweet it's going to be? Let's just talk about it some more. When Trey Lance is sitting on the bench week one, and all you clowns have 40% exposure of Trey Lance again, and I'm sitting there with, you know, a 0% exposure to Trey Lance unless I accidentally auto-draft him at some point, and I'm just sitting there laughing at you while I count all my American dollars that I'm going to win on underdog because you clowns kept drafting Trey Lance. It's going to be the greatest moment of my life. And I just had some stuff really great happen to me today. And this is going to be even better than that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to full fade Trey Lance until I get some news that I actually like. And uh, just, oh, my God, it's just. And I can't stand Jimmy Garoppolo. And you guys know this. But Jimmy Garoppolo starting in San Francisco is my new dream. It's just my new dream. So we will check in on Eric's team again once he drafts a player here. Oh, he's going to be hitting that auto draft. Look at him with a badge. Highly experienced. I mean... How many highly experienced guys are drafting backup quarterbacks in the second round? All right, so he's got Wilson, Lance Wentz, Kenneth Walker, A.J. Dillon. He's got A.J. Brown. Oh, my God. I'll just look at it a second after our, after his next pick. I'm just going to have to change the view, which I hate doing. How do you guys, so let me ask this, instead of me caring about how I look at it, when you guys watch people draft on underdog, do you prefer to watch it this way, where you see the name scrolling at the top of the screen, or do you prefer when you can actually see the board and players drafting? Because I think, depending on what screen I'm watching on, if I'm sitting at my couch watching on my TV or watching on my computer, the board is fine, but if I'm watching on my phone, which, you know, half the time I'm doing because I've got 30,000 things going on, it's I can't see the board. So I'm just like, I'd rather just see the scrolling names in that instance. So why don't you guys tell me what you prefer? And uh, I'll throw it up there because it doesn't matter to me so much. So we're coming back around here. We have two quarterbacks, two running backs, six wide receivers, one tight end. Uh, I don't think we need to even worry about tight end. I would like to start worrying about maybe grabbing another running back. And in the 12th round, I might just be looking to grab Madison. We know the upside that Madison has. I mean, and we can load up a couple other guys in the back that that gets some playtime early in the season. But if Cook goes down, I mean, we, we we know how valuable he is to that offense and how he becomes. You just slot him into top 10 running back every week until Cook comes back. 
So I think that's where we're going to go if he's there for us, which hopefully he is with Big Dog timing out over here. Hopefully he just grabs Russell Gage. Oh, he grabs Logan Thomas. We will grab Madison. Easy game. This is where some of these some of these wide receivers get interesting. So I could have grabbed Mostert, of course. I don't want to grab both Miami guys in the backfield. I'll probably have more Mostert than I will Chase Edmonds just because he's in a situation like that. I prefer the later guy. And I think Mostert's familiarity with, with what they're going to be trying to do in Miami gives him a little bit of a step up, especially playing early. So if I have a guy like Madison that I'm hoping plays late, and I think Mostert might give me that initial boost, but might taper out towards the end of the year. You know, maybe I do something like that. That's not really my thought process when I'm trying to draft these teams. I don't want guys that are going to taper out. We want guys that are going to get us to the playoffs and just absolutely smash in the playoffs. But I don't, I don't hate Mostert based on his value. We are back on the clock. Drew Locke's kind of interesting because we don't know what the thought process is in Seattle. So you're getting a starting quarterback potentially in the 13th round in one of these. It might be worth taking a flyer on. Let's scroll down a little bit, just see what we're dealing with. Uh, you know what we're going to do though? We're going to take Corey Davis and we're just going to get our Zach Wilson stack. And that's what we're going to do. Kind of missed out on Lamar stacks earlier in the draft because we were doing other things but i'm okay like there's certain guys that like obviously i would still like to have a hollywood i told you mark andrews is going to be just a little tough for me to pull the trigger on based on his cost but i think my biggest lamar stack all year is probably going to be lamar to bateman where are you guys on jk dobbins this year I don't think I've drafted him yet. And it's not even that I hate him. It's a lot of where he's going versus what I'm looking for in that spot. It's it's the it's the RB dead zone. And I'm usually grabbing anything other than RB right there. So guys like Dobbins and guys like hmm, what's in that zone? Acres. I haven't been grabbing much acres. Anyone in that the Montgomery, it's just we should call it the David Montgomery zone because that is where he's going to go for the rest of his career until he's a backup in the CFL or the player controlled football league or whatever the hell Cam Newton's doing. You guys see that Cam Newton's starting his own football league? Anyone else read about that? I feel like I'm doing a Seinfeld bit. Anybody else hear about this? Have you heard about this? Uh, He's got a seven-on-seven seven league that he's trying to bring out that he's going to be the owner of. And I understand that football, specifically the NFL and college, are profitable. And maybe there should be another, like, sort of minor league. But why is it when this stuff happens, they try to do it all at once? You got the XFL. You got the USSFL. I might have said 13 S's there. Deal with it. It's fine. Now you got the seven on seven league that they're trying to bring out. Like, I don't know, man. Do we need it? Are you guys going to watch a seven on seven league? Does that sound fun? Sounds terrible, in my opinion. 
So Eric Bynfor is back on the clock with his backup quarterback. He's got Brown, Higgins, Williams, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Robert Woods, and Jacoby. Jacoby Myers? You got those wide receivers and you're like, all right, you know what this team's missing? Jacoby Myers. Bynfor, buddy. We need to have a talk after this. I'm going to have an intervention with you about taking backup quarterbacks and wide receivers that dra- that run like a essentially like the 40 time stuff. He runs like a 6440 and he turns like a Dodge Caravan. And you're over here drafting Jacoby Myers. Like you just draft anyone else and I won't make fun of you. And you're drafting Jacoby Myers. Buddy. I'm I mean Everyone get together. We're going to have an intervention for him in the Discord. Um, we're coming back around. We have two quarterbacks, three RBs. Let's just see what's out there for quarterback. Not much. Not, not much. Uh, we're going to hold off on quarterback for now. I do, I do find Landry a little interesting. I really like Khalil Herbert, though. I think I'm going to take Herbert. Landry, I find interesting because he's still a great route runner. He's probably signing with a contender. You know who should have got, maybe I've said this before, but it just pops into my head every time. If Tampa waited and didn't sign Russell Gage, the absolute perfect landing spot for Landry would have been Tampa Bay. Like, he just, I've always wanted to see Landry with Brady just because that is like the, the, that is like the absolute pinnacle of what a guy Brady is looking for. And he just would have been phenomenal with him. So I would have loved to see him go to, to Tampa. I don't know where he goes now. I still think he goes to a contender. We see Buffalo still rumbling about, like, you know, doing something. I think they're all done, though. Where else could he go that he's a contender? I mean, we've Green Bay. See, is he a Rodgers guy? And and you can't just have Landry. So I don't I don't know, dude, I can't I can't see. Landry going to a team like them, they he's got to go to a contender. I just don't know which one. So many of these contender teams are set with what they're looking for unless an injury comes. And then it's like, well, well he's already missed half a training camp or something. All right, we're going to be back on the clock in two picks. Right now we have two quarterbacks, which are... Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and Zach Wilson. We have Devin Singletary, Chase Edmonds, Alexander Madison, Khalil Herbert at running back. We have Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore, Devonta Smith, Traylon Burks, Chase Claypool, Corey Davis at wide receiver, and we have Waller at tight end. So the other guy is Julio Jones. So like I think Julio, Julio to Green Bay makes sense. I just, it feels like a play that's going to happen, something like that, um, where he can be a number one for Rodgers. And then if you bring Landry in with him, I just, their cap 
is still tough, right? I mean, I know the cap, we've we've learned that the cap doesn't matter and that you can just freaking push the money down to the year 3000. So let's take a high upside risk on Julio Jones. And if he still got number one talent after all the injuries last year, and he goes somewhere with a quarterback, I mean, he could absolutely be a stud. Maybe, maybe Landry to Tennessee makes sense. Where you got AJ Brown on one side, you you've got Henry in the backfield, and then you got Landry. Maybe that's the place for Jarvis Landry to go. Uh yeah, Robert Woods there as well. So maybe not. Gotta remember, it's so tough to remember. This offseason's been so crazy that trying to remember where every single guy went is still a chore. It's easier than it was two months ago. It's easier to know where they went. Other than, do you guys remember trying to remember who I said remember like three thousand times? But where, which guys were free agents? How tough was that? How tough was it to find out? Uh, try to rem- keep track of who was going to be a free agent this year. It was nuts. So you got buying four on the clock again. He's got a three, two, eight, one build right now. Wilson, Lance Wentz, A.J. Dillon, Kenneth Walker for running backs, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Robert Woods, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, Mike Gusecki. And he just took Tim Patrick. Hey, good for you. Good for you for having nine wide receivers already. We're all proud of you. Uh, We need to... I don't know what we're going to do with our for a third quarterback. It's getting rough out there, guys. Maybe we should have we should have grabbed one at one point. Do you guys find Tyrod Taylor as an interesting name? With the upheaval of this coaching staff in New York, they didn't bring in Trubisky, which also that's why I kind of raised my eyebrows to Trubisky in Pittsburgh. Like, uh, they're keeping Daniel Jones, but they bring in Tyrod Taylor clearly as like a backup, but like, don't you feel like Tyrod is the, yeah, Tyrod's your backup, but if we decide you suck after three drives, we're just going to put Tyrod in type of, type of thing, especially if he outplays them in the off season and they're like, all right. It was close. We think Tyrod had it by a little bit. We're going to give Daniel Jones one more chance and make him the starter, but the leash is short. Maybe Tyrod Taylor is uh, one of the guys we should be grabbing with the just the upside of him. What bad luck. That guy has had bad luck throughout his career related to injury and getting stabbed by the training staff. Crazy. It's absolutely nuts. What I think we're going to do, though, is we're just going to gamble. We have DJ Moore. It probably makes sense to grab Darnold, and maybe he's the starter. If Darnold's the starter in Carolina for the season, great. We get him at in the 16th round as our third quarterback. But I don't love it. It's not something I... 
overly enjoy. And I think because of the way this has shaken out, where we have Lamar, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, this is probably going to be one of the teams that, if possible, if I don't get stream sniped, I'm going to want Tyler Huntley in the 18th or 19th round and just secure that Baltimore quarterback spot because I can do it so late. The draft capital doesn't hurt. Hell, I'll probably be taking him in the 19th where last year we didn't even have a 19th round in most of these underdog drafts. So you're telling me I can get my backup quarterback. The only case that I can even think of doing this, because if we start scrolling through, I don't want to do Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, right? You don't want both of those guys. I mean, what other backup quarterback would you want to get? Would you want to get Heineke maybe or for Wentz? Uh, it fails bad. And you just start scrolling down and you start seeing these names. Like, I don't want Flacco. Like, does anyone ever want Joe Flacco? Nobody's ever wanted Joe Flacco. Nobody wants Andy Dalton. Nobody wants Kyle Allen. CJ CJ Beathard's in Jacksonville now. Those are things I didn't know, just to be perfectly honest. Let's see what's left on the board. I would like to take a running back. Um, yeah, let's take McKissick. He's back in Washington. We know they like to use him there. I don't hate taking C. I don't hate taking JD McKissick as a fifth RB. That's been the debate, though. Is remember last year where like, um, everyone was like. We need one of these pass-catching running backs late. Yeah, D- Andy Dalton just signed with the Chicago Bears. He's he's re-signed with the Bears as their backup. You want? Are you saying that you want him as a backup to to Justin Fields? Because I don't. I don't think I want Andy Dalton as my. I mean, it makes sense. I guess. I guess of the people that we were just looking at, maybe he makes the most sense. Ugh. So, Brissett, hmm, maybe I should have uh, pumped my brakes a little bit. Brissett, who just went off the board, he's pretty interesting in the back end because you might be getting eight games out of Brissett. The only problem is, like, we know it's the front eight games. So, if you're taking him as, like, a fourth or a fifth QB, I guess that would be the play, but I don't think he really makes as much sense for the team that we have right now. Uh, maybe Bridgewater is the other guy. You take, if you're taking Tua in, we'll just go by the super flex. You're taking Tua in the fourth or fifth, and you can get Teddy Bridgewater in the 19th. Do we hate that? Because Bridgewater is clearly going to be the backup unless, you know, injury. And I'm probably going to try to never say that because it should be assumed as long as it's not injury. Uh, But if you get Teddy Bridgewater like the 19th behind Tua, he's coming in, he's got Hill, he's got the backs, he's got Waddle, he's got Gusecki. 
maybe maybe that's the guy that we would want to be looking at. Oh, so we got another guy in the chat that is in the draft, and that is LOL Simo. We will look at your team real quick. So you got Prescott Hurts, Baker, Drew Locke. You got Jones, Zeke, Sanders, or Mondre. Oh, man, this team's actually looking really good. You got CD, Mike Evans, Rashad Bateman, Kenny Galladay, James Washington, Peoples Jones, Marvin Jones, David Bell. And then you got Kittle and Goddard. I mean, I, I can't hate on this team. This team's actually really nice. Aaron Jones is a little scary. I mean, all your running backs are like are definite high upside, very scary running backs to have. Zeke, we all know. Aaron Jones, the situation. Uh, Miles Sanders, I like a lot, but we know that, you know, he didn't score a touchdown last year, which isn't going to happen again unless injury, which I said it again. And that backfield is just him and Kenneth Gainwell right now. So I think I think Sanders is going to have a massive back back. back. We're just going to we're going to pretend that we know how to say words sometimes. I have two more streams I have to do tonight. So hopefully I can start talking better. We're going to hope that he slides back and does what he used to do and be a true number one runner. But I like that team. I think that team's pretty sick, especially for a thing like this. Like you're a weaker at wide receiver, but with the rest of your team, it's fine because theoretically you only have to start two wide receivers in theory. And then if you're hitting on some of those other guys that you took later, it just, it's, you, you nailed your build. I will say, and we are on the clock again. And we are in the 18th round. Let's see what we got here. Isaiah McKenzie. I like, so I'm a big Deonta Foreman guy. I know I'm not. What am I talking about? I just got him mixed up with Dearness Johnson because I'm dumb. We're going to take McKenzie. We're going to end wide receiver there. Oh, my God. I just thought Deonta Foreman was Dearness Johnson for a second. Really getting the running backs flipped. Really was wondering why he was still here at the end of the 18th round. But we figured it out. We need to grab a tight end. So we'll probably be doing that shortly. We only have one, but it's Waller. And I'm kind of fine with pushing that tight end spot when I have Waller, when I have Kittle. Used to be when I had Pitts. I'm kind of off Pitts now. And obviously when I have Kelsey, I'm... And if I ever get Andrews, I'm just pushing tight end super far. I might, I might mix in some like Gusecki, some guys in that range, some Fryermuth here and there with them just to be a little, just so my teams are a little different so that I'm not just going stud, stud tight end punt just to see what my teams look like. But for the most part, I'm punting that second tight end and maybe taking a shot on a guy like Trey McBride if he's still there. What we'll be doing here, though, is we will be taking Huntley if he's still there. I just think it, I just, I don't know, could be bad. We'll check the data in the next 15 years when we actually got data on these things. But let's, uh, let's grab Huntley.
Oh, did Scott end up resigning with the with the Eagles? So that's freaking great. So what are we doing with that backfield now? When did he resign? I missed that. All right. Let's uh let's roll through our no, let's not roll through our team. Let's uh let's just hold off for now on that. What are what are we looking forward to in terms of best ball mania? What do you guys think they're going to be doing with the prize pool on that? Do you think they're going to be keeping it as a million dollar first place? I'm I'm nervous about best ball mania this year. I March 18th. Wow, how did I miss that? I claim to be a somewhat Eagles fan as well. You can't see my Eagles helmets behind me, but they are below my Patriots ones. I have my Randall Cunningham helmet that I love. Um, I'm scared with Best Ball Mania because they're obviously going to make it bigger as they should. I worry about how many teams are going to let advance. I still want it to be sub 200 in the final. Like I, I really don't want that thing, the final to, to feel like, you know, a one in a thousand shot at a million dollars and you're in the last round. So I'm hoping they don't do something like that. Uh, Fine four has 12 wide receivers. So I'm going to say that Eric got thrown on auto draft and he just queued up a shitload of wide outs. And this is probably going to be my favorite team of all time. So I can't wait to see. Oh, but he gets Sonny Michelle in the last round. So by and for just truly taking all of my least favorite players of all time. It's like a reverse troll job. Good. Nice. Nice. I can't believe he has 12 wide receivers. That is, uh, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. We will not have 12 wide receivers. We are going to grab a tight end. Who are you guys like scrolling through to find in these tight end spots? Anyone that you're, uh, Scrolling, I think Granson's fun. I've let, I've let. Why is he projecting zero? Projecting zero is interesting. I don't know what that's all about. Um, we're gonna grab McBride if he's still there. Look at Big Dog with four tight ends. That's how you do it. Mark Andrews, Dawson Knox, Logan Thomas, Irv Smith. Well, you, sir, are a legend. Good for you. Good for you. Oh, and the four. Oh, the class. Guys, we're doing the classic 4744 build. No big deal. I mean, why not take? I think he's on auto draft, too. But <laughs> some some fun auto draft combos going on where you get seven rbs who are your seven rbs let's gander taylor cook robinson jr tyler algier zamir white um we're gonna grab trey mcbride and end this for us so in conclusion i think trey lance sucks probably according to his coaching staff I think Jacoby Myers is awful. 
I think every player that Eric Bynford drafted in this team is terrible. He drafted four running backs, 12 wide receivers. Legendary stuff. Just truly, truly, truly legendary stuff. Um, let's view the full draft. Well, let's not view the full draft. Just do what I want you to do. Well, let's just look at our team, and we can do a drop down. Let's look at Bob Ford's team real quick. So Russell Wilson, Trey Lance, Carson Wentz, then Kenneth Walker, AJ Dillon, Sony Michelle, Tyler Batty, Beatty, Boodle, AJ Brown, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Robert Woods, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. Tim Patrick, dude, I need like a break to say these names. Alan Lazard, Tim Patrick, Robbie Anderson, Van Jefferson, Cedric Wilson. I mean, it's a fun 12 wide receivers other than Jacoby Myers. Like, if you're going to draft 12 wide receivers, that's the way they do it. He's got one tight end, Mike Kosicki. Uh, fun. We'll take out our friend LOL's team. Prescott Hurts, Mayfield, Locke. I don't hate the quarterbacks. I mean, we don't know what Mayfield's doing. We said that Locke might be the starter. Aaron Jones, Zeke, Miles Sanders, Ramondre Stevenson, Kyron Williams, James White. So a lot of stuff has to break properly for these guys to be top end, but there, there's a high percentage that two of them pop. Right? I like, I like Zeke, especially for his price point this year. We know that Dallas isn't going to go away from him. And then our wide receivers are CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, Rashad Bateman, Kenny Galladay, James Washington, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Marvin Jones, David Bell. I mean, I love this wide receiver core. I like this team a lot. George Kittle, Dallas Gardner. It's, I would love to have this team, to be honest. It's probably the best team in the draft. I'm not going to go through all the teams, but we'll just hit on ours one more time. Where we got Lamar, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Tyler Huntley. Devin Singletary, Chase Edmonds, Alexander Madison, Khalil Herbert, J.D. McKissick, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, D.J. Moore, Devonta Smith, Traylon Burks, Chase Claypool, Corey Davis, Julio, Isaiah McKenzie, and our tight ends are Darren Waller and Trey McBride. I think we drafted a halfway decent team. Much easier to do than drafting four teams from four different sports at once, and if you haven't seen that video, I have created a little thing for Eric to post at some point. Hopefully he does it this week. Just recapping us drafting four teams from four different sports at once. Uh, so go check that out. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave comments, leave reviews. It helps us a ton. Uh, we really could use it. I know it's the off season. We're not getting, you know, not as many people are going to be getting in the stuff. But for when they start coming in, we want to make sure that they're seeing the Spike Week name coming and checking Eric out, checking myself out, checking out everybody else. There was a baseball stream last night. If you're into baseball, I didn't get a chance to check it out. Spoiler alert, Rob goes to bed at 8 o'clock some nights. So that happened. But until the next show, we will see you later.